the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. Love Never Fails. Inviting you to join in the fight for love. There are millions of people who are trapped in modern day slavery. Take a stand to do something against this injustice. Join the fight against human trafficking. If you truly love, set the captives Each week, this program sheds light on the needs of vulnerable people in our community who are impacted by human trafficking, homelessness, addiction, and abuse, and celebrates the work of those who are meeting them right where they are and expressing to them that they are precious, valued, and loved. Our goal is to see this radio audience move to compassion demonstrated in acts of service, generosity, and gifts of time. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. Thanks and welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today with a friend of mine that I've actually um, just started working with um, at Thrivent uh, as part of the Pacific Sierra Thrivent Member Network Board, and um, she's the chair, and um, I'm also on the board with her, and just having a wonderful time getting to know Erica Riddle, who is uh, involved in a variety of different things, but mostly her career has been in service to youth, and um, she is currently the executive director of Christy Yamaguchi's Always Dream, which provides families with access to early literacy resources and support. And um, and then, you know, this has really been a theme in Erica's life where she was the senior executive director at Reading Partners in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, as I mentioned, we were on the board. We're on the board together there at the at Thrivent Member Network. And uh, and she also is a volunteer at her church. She's involved in her kids school, born and raised in Hawaii and living in Oakland with her husband and two sons and their family dog. Welcome to the show, Erica. So grateful to have you. Thanks, Vanessa. Really appreciate you inviting me to be here. Yeah. Well, you know, when I when when you and I met, you were at Reading Partners, and I just remember thinking so distinctly, I got to have her on the show because, uh, as as I mentioned, you know, as we were leading up to the show, I, I'm so passionate about young people reading and learning to read, and in particular in our underserved and under-resourced communities, finding ways to make reading fun. Um, Because as you know, um, that is a education, access to education is so valuable and such a deterrent to violence, to crime, to um, just the, the many horrible things such as human trafficking that we see in our world. And so um, I wanted to bring you on just to kind of share a little bit about where this passion of yours, you know, for empowering youth and young people comes from and, you know, what you're doing. I mean, it's so cool that you're working at Christy Yamaguchi's, uh, you know, Always Dream and uh, want to just learn all about that. So maybe take us back. How did this all start? 
Yeah. Yeah, really good question. I think, yeah, as I think back to when I was in high school, and I think that's really when I started volunteering more, I, for whatever reason, gravitated to youth focused organizations. And I think that continued in college. And then once uh, it came time for me to grow up and get a job and, and enter the real world, um, you know, my, my heart has always been around youth focused um, work and serving that um, age group and that community. And so I've had the opportunity to work at a number of nonprofit organizations in my career, and they've all um, been working with youth, um, started working at a mental health organization that works with youth and then made my way over to education, um, which has really been something I've grown increasingly passionate about um, in, in my career. But I think also now that I'm a parent and I've got two young kids, you know, you see how important having those basic foundational skills are and what that can do to really open doors for kids um, and explore all different kinds of things that they can do in life. Yeah, you know, I remember, and and as you know, Erica, I grew up very impoverished in the San Francisco Bay Area, um, single parent to a single mom at the time when this happened. I guess my mom would have been uh, maybe about 26 and, you know, I was five in, in, in first grade, or maybe, maybe I was in preschool. I can't remember or kindergarten rather, but, um, I remember the first time that I read and, um, you know, when I read, I can read, it was one of these books. I don't, I still remember like there was a guy on the page and it just was like, oh, I, I knew what I was, I know what I'm looking at. And it was so exciting to me. And then I became sort of this voracious reader and started to do the readathon, you know, where you log it and you get your little prizes at the end of the, the page. And, and, um, and I have to say, you know, there I was living in pretty rough circumstances. I mean, um, you know, uh, my mom and I were on welfare. We were until she, she started working for Pac Bell. And even when she started working for Pac Bell, we were, you know, she was at the bottom of the totem pole there with salary. And so books for me was an opportunity to explore new worlds, new cultures, new ways of seeing things and, um, and to fantasize about life, you know, in different colors and different, you know, pretend that I was a princess in a fairy land. And, and so, I mean, you know, does that, did that kind of resonate with you when you thought about going into these youth uh, oriented organizations that were about reading? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think everything that you just described is I think what those of us who now work in literacy or in education hope for all children, right? That they find that love of reading and it can open so many doors, you know, whether it's, you know, imagination, you know, thinking about being a, a princess and, you know, riding a horse or be, you know, doing what, whatever, you know, all these amazing things that kind of um, play out in stories, but um, you know, having a window into that and learning about all these different things. I think that's absolutely um, something that resonates with me. I think about, you know, myself as a kid, I was also a voracious reader. Um, shout out to Nancy Drew because I was a huge fan of the Ooh, Nancy Drew series. Yes. And I feel like once I, you know, started reading those Nancy Drew books and 
I think I read them all. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. What's the next series I can read? And um, so, you know, for kids to find, you know, the topic that's interesting to them and to have that confidence that comes from reading is just, you can't replace that. And, and so that's, you know, obviously something that I, I hope all kids are able to um, have, but, the, you know, unfortunately, reading proficiency rates in this country, let alone in the Bay Area, are surprisingly low. When you look mm. at the national stats, it's pretty, pretty shocking. Yeah. Well, and what I have found is, and I was going to ask you about this, and I'd love to kind of explore this. There's this colliding with technology, right, and reading where it's like, okay, wh- why do I need to read when I can get this on video? But the, the challenge with that is, Um, You're getting the, you know, the video is the interpretation of somebody else consuming the information and the, you know, someone else brings the analytics or they bring the colors or they bring the descriptors. You might be able to bring forward, you know, a video uh, certainly provides you an opportunity to be creative as well. But I have found um, there is, you know, there's something about not being able to read in particular Lately, I've been really um, getting very um, focused on legislation and some of the laws that are being changed and things like that. And and if I didn't know how to read, I wouldn't be able to read every line and go, hold on, hold on, hold on. What's going on here? You know, so I'd be looking for someone. Somebody tell me what this says. Give me a video. And now I get their interpretation of what it is instead of actually reading it for myself. Right. So. Yeah. It has long-term implications, people not being able to read and, 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 and do critical thinking. Okay, I, I want to ask you about this. So, so I'm going to leave people on a hanger here with uh, wanting to know your perspective about, you know, does video and the insert, you know, the, the, the increase in, in, in video, the video world, does it challenge reading or is it complimentary? We'll be right back. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with Erica Riddle, who is the executive director of Christian Yamaguchi's Always Dream. 
and um, she has been working with youth in areas of early literacy, resources, and support um, for the last few years and really most of her career. And um, we were just just discussing, you know, the, the fact that literacy rates are down in the Bay Area and throughout the nation and whether, you know, whether the use of video as a means of communication has um, really created some of that decrease in people even needing or wanting to learn how to read. And so what are your thoughts on that, Erica? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I I think that, you know, obviously there there are benefits to video, but I can see how it can also detract from people reading things. And like you were talking about before we, um, you know, in the previous segment, you know, you're basically hearing somebody else's interpretation of the text. And so there's so much context that can be missed from that. And I do think that, you know, the power of reading is that you, that's how we become informed citizens, right? If, you know, if we didn't have that ability to read, there's ultimately going to be elements that maybe aren't going to be included in a video that we might miss out on. And so it's not just the ability to read, but that ability to comprehend what you're reading and then to engage in critical thinking about what you're reading. That's so important. You know, on the flip side, if we're thinking about casually what videos can do for reading, you know, I have definitely seen my own children watch a movie that's based on a book and get really into it and then say, this is a book series. I want to read all of them. Um, My son's currently doing that with Harry Potter. So, you know, I think that that can definitely open the door to um, kids reading books that maybe they wouldn't have picked up otherwise, Mm -hmm. or that maybe would have seemed daunting to them because they're longer chapter books. But um, yeah, it's it's interesting to think about the, the pros and cons of video because I think it totally depends on the context. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, there's a there's a bunch of series uh, that have been come out for, for example, Bible stories. And um, and they've been so good that a few uh, I've had the kids, you know, that some of the kids that I'm working with go, "Mm, I'm going to go look and see, does this line up with, you know, somewhere in the Bible? Right. This this for this situation or this um, scenario that was, you know, on one of the one of the videos that they were watching. And so um, our son actually did that. He saw a video on YouTube and he started to ask us questions. And we actually, it's kind of embarrassing, right? Two parents for pastors. And, and we, we answered the wrong, we gave the wrong answer. He's like, no, actually the video said, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, Oh, let me go check. Let me go make sure. And we're like, Oh my gosh, you're right. Um, so, um, it, you know, it has a um, it has a purpose, but I think the challenge is when you um, become overly dependent on just video, right? And people kind of synthesizing everything for you and telling you what's there, um, because video isn't a legal document, right? Right. It's not yeah. legally binding. It's not. It's not what people. There's not. Maybe in the future, a video will have a digital signature, and it'll be like, "This is a certified video." Maybe. Maybe <laughs> that'll be there, right? That'll be the day on YouTube. (laughs) Right. On YouTube, certified video signed by such and such person. uh, And this is the you can replace a legal document with this. Maybe. I don't know. But until then, we need to know how to read and write. Right. Yeah, we do. It's, It's so important. I mean, there's 
even, you know, aside from the video things you think about just like, how do you get through basic day to day things without being able to read? And, you know, how much would you be missing if you couldn't read? And so putting yourself in the shoes of somebody who maybe doesn't have those literacy skills, even as an adult thinking through like, okay, if you couldn't read the traffic signs, you know, there's safety Mm -hmm. concerns. If you can't read the label on your medication, are you taking the right dosage? You know, there's so many reasons as to why literacy and reading and that ability is such a fundamental skill. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about it because it's just essential to basically proceed uh, in life and, and be, you know, feel like you're a contributing member of society too. Yeah. So I saw, I was looking just to get a stat here. Literacy rate in California is 76.9, according to uh, World Population Review. Does that sound about right to you? Possibly. I'm, yeah. I mean, I think so. One of the, the key benchmarks that we often look at is third grade or fourth grade proficiency, because it's at that point, um, it's such a critical point in education because you go from learning to read to reading to learn. And so at about third grade, if you're not proficient and you don't have the skills to know how to read, you're going to quickly fall behind because then everything in school starts shifting to you know, reading to learn. And there's obviously still going to be some comprehension things, but the basic mechanics of reading are no longer um, kind of taught anymore. And so, you know, nationwide, 36% of fourth graders are reading at grade level. Wow. Which is staggering. And then, you know, here in the Bay Area, when you look, you know, especially at low income communities, you know, for instance, looking at Oakland, um, low income students in Oakland who are in third or fourth grade are the reading um, proficiency rate for that group is like 22%. So, you know, it, it's bad. And then when you look at these low income communities that have less resources, and there's this opportunity gap, you just see that widen. Oh, that breaks my heart, Erica. Why did you tell me that? I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. Well, you guys, um, this is why I invited Erica on here, because I knew she would tell us something we needed to hear, which is that, you know, you might, I often have people come to me and go, how can I address human trafficking? Well, let me, let me give you the breadcrumbs. Let me give you the, 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 the food chain, if you will, here. If, if a third grader is not reading at a proficiency rate, which is uh, based on her numbers here, 78%, right, of Oakland's uh, third graders are not reading at a proficient level. So you can bet that 38%, or sorry, 78%, is that right? You said 22, yeah, 78% of uh, Oakland third graders are not reading at a proficient level. Wow, that breaks my heart. And, um, And so now, they're going through the fourth grade and the fifth grade and the sixth grade, and they're not getting it all. Or you can, I want you want you to feel this. I want you to hear this. I want you to experience it. They're not getting it all. Some of the books are not making sense. You know what? When you don't get it all, you get frustrated. You start acting out. You start getting suspended. You start getting expelled. And maybe there's a reason why you didn't know how to read in the first place because you already have stuff going on at home and you have parents that are maybe going through things, substance abuse, addictions, um, you know, domestic violence, homelessness, all of these things, COVID, who knows? Who knows what's contributed to you not being able to read at a proficient level at the, to, by the third grade? 
learning disabilities, mental health issues. And so now you're not reading, you're not getting it all. You're getting frustrated. You're being called names. You're being called stupid by fellow students. The teachers are getting frustrated with you because you're not turning in your work or it's sloppy or you're not writing properly. And then, and then, you know, you pretty much get to a place where you drop out or you stop coming. Or you barely make it through, maybe just because somebody pushed you through, and uh, and then you're you're graduated, but you can't get work. You don't know how to um, you know navigate um, educational systems. You don't you don't have any hope for um, future um, future education, higher education. Uh, we know that there's a significantly difference, a significant difference between those who just have a high school diploma and those who have a two year degree and those who have a four year degree. Um, or those who go to trade school. And so what do you start doing? Because you got to make money. You become vulnerable to being trafficked. You become vulnerable to criminal activity. It's not, you know, this isn't rocket science, right? We can see why this third grade marker is a pathway to prison. It's a pathway to human trafficking, which is why I'm so passionate. So there you have it. You have the opportunity to prevent human trafficking just by teaching third graders in Oakland how to read. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get, let's reading. do it. Let's get some more reading. Okay. I want to talk to you about an, a, 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 a great initiative and I'm going to try and find their name now of this, this laundromat that was doing reading with the community. And, you know, I wanted to see, you know, how does, you know, Christy Yamaguchi and how does reading, how do reading partners think we should address this right so we're going to come back and we're going to talk some more about it and thanks for listening to love never fails radio to join in the fight for love visit loveneverfailsus.com don't go away love never fails radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors this is dr meluna fausch i am honored to serve on the advisory board of love never fails where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with Erica Riddle, who is the executive director of Christy Yamaguchi's Always Dream. And we are talking to her about things about education, about access, about literacy. And um, and so just what what are you, you know, we, we talked about the abysmal statistics uh, across the nation in the 30s in terms of uh, third grade literacy rate. 
30% or so, and then 22% in the city of Oakland for the, you know, third, third grade going to fourth grade literacy rate, which is a marker for those of you who didn't hear the last segment, that's a marker, um, a pathway, according to the California Department of Education, that is a marker for um, criminal uh, pathway to prison, pathway to human trafficking is not being literate uh, by the uh, by third grade. And so how do you, what's the strategy that, that your organization has, um, is kind of touting and um, driving to address this, Erica? Yeah, well, um, yeah, it's interesting. I've now worked for a couple of different literacy organizations. And I think the one thing that I always say is that there is so much need in this area. You know, even though there are maybe a lot of providers, it's so needed. And I think literacy is one of those issues that has to be addressed from you know, a 360 degree lens. So we can't just rely on programs that are happening in school, but also needs to happen um, at home. You know, how are we supporting families with this? And that was one of the things that I think really drew me to Christy Yamaguchi's Always Dream. We um, we work in low-income communities with families, um, particularly in the early ages, so pre-K, TK, and kindergarten, and provide those families with access to high quality books in the home environment. And then we don't just go there um, or stop there in terms of providing access to content, but we really focus on providing extensive family engagement support so that those family members feel really supported and that they have the skills that they need to make sure that they're building great reading routines at home for their kids. So, you know, I think it ends up having to be this holistic approach to literacy. Um, There's a number of great organizations doing work in schools to help catch those kids who are already behind, um, catch them up. And the organization I previously worked with, Reading Partners, did that by providing uh, kids reading below grade level with one-on-one tutoring um, during the school day. And that's definitely needed and necessary. Um, And then, you know, you've got a program like Always Dream that's saying, okay, there's already a lot of support happening in the schools. How do we now help families continue this work at home so that they're encouraging their kids to read um, and that they have access to this content? So we're giving all of the families in our program a tablet, an internet connection if they need it, a subscription to a digital library, hard copy books, and then all of the families in the program are getting three text messages a week from our book coaches who are really giving them the strategies and just those gentle reminders to spend 15 minutes reading with your child at home because that's going to make a huge difference. That's really great. So giving them an e-reader, giving them access to, uh, you know, a, a coach that can support them. Uh, So much of this is psychosocial too, right? It's like, um, we're programmed to unplug after you're off of work. I want to unplug and I want to just go dumb and just watch some TV and have it just, you know, I don't want to have to work for it. And that's kind of how reading can feel if uh, it's not something you do normally. It's not something you do often. And and especially if you have a comprehension challenge, you know, and those kinds of things. Do you find that um, that the issue of comprehension comes up? Uh, for you guys, uh, as it relates to serving the underserved community members? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, a lot of the families that we work with, English is not their first language. And so um, 
on our side, our, our program is uh, fully offered in English and in Spanish. And okay. then um, the texting tool that we use um, enables families to select their home language so that they can get all of the communication from their book coach in whatever language they designate as their home language. And then they can send messages back in their home language, which we get in English. So I think that that, you know, tools like that have made it easier for us to connect with families and really help them. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, there's a lot, even if a family member doesn't have the literacy skills themselves to um, read with their children, there's a number of different things that you can do, like picture walking, um, especially with little kids, you know, opening up a picture and looking at or a, a book and looking at the pictures and the stories and making up your own story of Oh, what's what do you think is happening here? That's mm -hmm. a really important part of reading together, too, that we often encourage our families to do. And what do you think about digital reading? So, you know, there are some videos, right, where you can kind of integrate the two where there uh, there's uh, words that are on the screen that you're reading. Um, there's use of, of um, uh, gosh, what's it called? Not the sub. Yeah. Subtitles. Um, using mm -hmm. subtitles, I my husband gets so irritated with me because I like to have subtitles on it, and I I watch a lot of documentary foreign documentaries, but I like to have it on when there's an English show, and he's like, "Why do you have this on?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I just like looking at the words, you know." While he's like, "This is so distracting," you know, but I'm like, "No, it it adds more more." value to what's going on like there's more more input for me so anyway you can kind of tell we're watching two different two different tvs most of the time but anyway uh but but the point is that um i think if you um you know if you are intentional there's ways that you can incorporate reading in some of the digital things that you're doing as well right yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're, we're using a digital library. It's a specifically a children's library that's curated. And so there's 40,000 different books that our kids and families right. have access to. So they are pretty much able to find things that are going to be interesting to them. And that's really important, too, is the choice. So I think, you know, one of the benefits of a digital library is it just you know, you don't have to have space in your house for 40,000 books because they're all on this tablet. And so it's easy to access. I also think that, you know, when a lot of these, you know, digital libraries or readers have, you know, um, read to me options where they're professionally voiced and you can follow along with the words. Mm. I think that's really great too, because you might not know how to pronounce something and um, you can see, you know, what exactly when somebody says a word and what word they're on in the text. And, and that's really neat too. So I do think that there's a lot of benefit to the digital library, but we also understand the importance of like, knowing what a book feels like in your hands and the mechanics of turning the page, you know, from right to left and reading from left to right. So yeah, there's obviously the benefit of that with regular, you know, hard copy books that, you know, you just can't replace on the flip side. I think with the digital library, it opens up a lot of opportunity and possibilities in terms of, you know, finding content that's interesting, but also, you know, if you don't have those literacy skills yourself, um, you know, there are great options like the read to me function. Mm, yeah, like that. The one thing, too, that I think is so special about reading um, with a, a small child and a parent is that intimacy, you know, that 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 sitting next to each other. I remember when I was um, when my son was really young and um, I went to a counselor 
because I felt I, I have this complex about like, am I doing enough for my kids? Am I doing enough for my kids? And he said, honey, he says, all you got to do is sit them next to you and go, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and they'll just be just fine. And so I was like, okay, okay, I'll, that'll be good enough. And so anyway, the point is like, you're sitting close because you got, when you're reading a book, it's a physical you know, a physical device or a physical book. And so it's shared, it's in close proximity. And so you're both looking at it with your eyes on one section. And there's that closeness and that intimacy that is so, um, I think, so valuable to our young children to have with whoever their caretaker is, their parent, their grandparent, whoever it is. Um, And so that's another piece. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break. I want to come back and talk about the innovative idea that um, one organization, Family Laundry, uh, implemented in Oakland. Um, I thought it was so cool what they were doing. I want to share that with you guys. Unfortunately, they did close temporarily with COVID, but just innovative ideas. I wanted to get your take on it, Erica, see what you think. Um, We'll be right back. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio with Erica Riddle, who is the executive director of Christy Yamaguchi's Always Dream. And we are talking about uh, literacy amongst children predominantly, but just in general. And um, and just really uh, providing resource and support to the youth of our communities. And I wanted to talk a little, just, you know, talk about innovative ways that some people are approaching um, and, and making it more intriguing to uh, and accessible to do reading in community. And that is the project that I became aware of a couple of years back called Family Laundry. Um, and this service is still, I think they're still doing uh, laundry, but it's um, wash and fold delivery service at this time. Unfortunately, their community engagement uh, program um, was discontinued in uh, March uh, 2020 due to the pandemic. But it looks like Alameda County Public Health, uh, I'm sorry, Alameda County and Libraries Without Borders was supporting their work. And they would have a reading um, event on a uh, where they had parents 
come in with their children and get some story time while the parents were washing their clothes. Isn't that cool? I love that. That's so great. Yeah. It's like when I heard that, I was like, wow, you really get like a single mom. You really understand the plight of the underserved, under-resourced. It's like, you know, first of all, I don't have a lot of time. I got to get my laundry done. I got to I got to take care of these kids. And if somebody would be willing to read to them while I'm doing laundry, instead of, you know, trying to get them off the cart and they're hanging on your leg and they're digging into the vending machine, you know, somebody would just help me here um, and, and, and make it fun. Wow. That's a huge thing. So, you know, it sounds like you're on the same page. Like this is a cool idea. What other innovative, um, you know, community ideas could people do, Erica, um, to bring about more reading in community? Yeah, gosh, I mean, the possibilities are endless. You know, I, I think that, you know, prior to COVID, there, anytime that there was story times offered, I think those are great opportunities. I think a lot of the local libraries offered story times. And then um, many of those story times moved virtual when we had to move to, um, you know, quarantine and, and distance learning. But um, yeah, I think that the more kids are able to hear uh, read and spoken word, the more exposure they have to it, um, the more that they're going to start to build their own vocabulary. Um, and it's fun, right? I mean, who doesn't want to get sucked into a story and learn about, you know, somebody, somebody doing something fun and crazy in, in a book? And um, yeah, I think there's also some benefit to when somebody you don't know as well is reading the story to you. I think that's really exciting um, and interesting for kids. And and so I think innovative ideas like the one that you just shared, that's great. I mean, I'd love to see more of that happening out in the community. I think any creative ways that we can make reading fun and make it um, widely available and accessible is going to be key to us seeing some change on those reading proficiency rates. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking, it just made me remember one of my friends that I went to high school with, Joy Colino. Hi, Joy. She is a nanny and she started, I was just looking for a business name, but she started this online reading thing where she would like sort of act out. We were, we were in school of the arts together. And so she's a singer and she's a, you know, she's an actress. And so she would like read the book, but she would act it out. And now I'm like, oh, that's so cool. And she did that during the pandemic. Um, I don't know if she gave it a name, but um, doing those kinds of things is seems like it could really reach, um, you know, the kids of this generation, um, young people in particular. And then, you know, the other thing that just just popped up for me is more of those contests. Right. I think I mean, those readathon contests always got me. I'm like a prize. Get me. Yeah. Give me a prize, right? <laughs> I mean, when I was a kid, Pizza Hut had a reading program. And if you read however, I don't even remember how many books it was. I, I want to say it was like 20. You got a sticker and you got a certificate for a free personal pan pizza. And I was so motivated for free pizza. <laughs> yes. I read a ton of books when I was a kid. But, you know, those incentive programs definitely help. Um, and it is fun when I think, especially when authors are reading their own books that they've written, that's really cool. Um, I became aware of a program actually out of Atlanta called Young Authors Publishing, 
that works with middle school and high school kids and helps them publish their own children's books. And then they go on these book tours, reading their books to kids in elementary schools, uh, which I thought was so awesome. So check them out if, if you're interested in that. Yeah. Oh, I love that idea. Oh my gosh. I love that idea. I mean, talk about uh, them feeling empowered. There, uh, there was a, there's a teacher in San Lorenzo elementary uh, school district, um, Lori Campbell. She's amazing. She just established her own nonprofit actually to give back with food and whatnot, but she, in her classroom, she encouraged a couple, she encouraged two of the students to write about their feelings about human trafficking. And they actually were so uh, amazing, these books, that um, they, uh, they were able to take them up to the Capitol and share the details and just uh, how horrible, a young man, young lady, how horrible they felt. And these were like fourth graders about the fact that people were being trafficked in this way and, and people as young as fourth and fifth grade were being recruited into this horrific life and even you know they 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 talked about it from perspective of being sex trafficked or being labor trafficked i mean it was very insightful for that age and then like you said it provided them a platform to have a discussion about it so it's very powerful the other thing that comes to mind especially in the uh you know the underserved uh, under-resourced community is how important and how valuable rap is and poetry Mm -hmm. is and I remember when I was coming up and I started getting into rap and thinking I was going to be a rapper and stuff. And I had my little dictionary and I was pulling out all these words like, you know, oh, what's another word for that? that could rhyme with that. And, you know, and I was writing my my rhymes down and that like was so uplifting in me uh, to find words that that, you know, told my story um, that, you know, it, and I didn't even know I liked that kind of stuff, but it just because I wanted to want to be a rapper, you know, that's how it it got to me. So maybe something to do with being a rapper, maybe something to do with being a, you know, a songstress or something to do with being a uh, like a songwriter or or being a poet. Right. You're going to be up there doing spoken word. Got to be, you know, got to have that articulation. Bring it forward. Right. So, yeah. You know, I don't know, just a few things to to think about as we share this with the listening audience. There's so many possibilities, right? There are. I mean, like who wasn't inspired by Amanda Gorman, you know, the poet laureate, you know, at the inauguration. I mean, it's so great when people feel empowered by words and by language and can feel that they can express themselves in that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now if somebody wants to get plugged into some of the things that you're offering here, these various programs, how might they do that, Erica? Yeah, so we typically partner uh, directly with schools and then work with their kindergarten um, and now TK classrooms um, to provide this program to parents. So you can learn more about our program at alwaysdream.org. There's a lot of different ways that you can get involved. Um, We're always looking for um, new books to be donated um, so that we can get them in the hands of our kids. Um, if you're interested in volunteering and um, actually helping somebody learn how to read, there's also a lot of great programs, um, you know, like Reading Partners, which we talked about earlier, um, that are doing that work across the Bay Area. Um, but, you know, I think ultimately 
it's about just providing access. And that's really what we're focused on at Always Dream, providing the access to quality books um, and age-appropriate books, and then also making sure that families have that support. So um, you can see the schools that we're partnered with on our website. Um, and if you're at one of our schools, we would love to have you in the program. Awesome. And if you're not, maybe talk to your you know, superintendent, talk to your school district and advocate for, the, for, uh, for them to come in. So there's, yeah. there's, there you go. All right. Well, always, that's A-L-W-A-S, A-Y-S, right? Dream.org. Always dream.org. Okay, awesome. Well, we're going to come back and talk about a couple different ways that you could um, learn more about how to engage with Love Never Fails. Uh, we'll be right back. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with Erica Riddle, who is the Executive Director of Christy Yamaguchi's Always Dream. Thank you so much for being on the show, Erica. It's been so much fun talking to you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Vanessa. I really appreciate it. You know, one thing uh, we didn't talk about is our partnership uh, uh, and work, you know, co-laboring with Rivent. And I just want to give a, a quick shout out. You know, it's been such a pleasure to not only work with you, but the other members of our board. And I believe, you know, Thriven is doing some amazing work in the community, in the underserved, under-resourced community, providing financial literacy and um, just really along the lines of what we're talking about, investing in um, and uh, in organizations like Homies Empowerment in Oakland um, and other, you know, groups throughout throughout the nation. Uh, like Homies Empowerment. So super grateful for the partnership there, Erica, and glad we can serve together in that board. So me too. Um, yeah. So, hey, so I just wanted to leave uh, you guys with a couple of different things that um, we're working on right now. Encourage you to check out our site. As you all know, um, Love Never Fails has taken a stance on SB 357, which is a, if, if, if it passes, it will decriminalize loitering for the purposes of soliciting prostitution. It is a major issue um, that please take a look at our brief, which you can find at loveneverfailsus.com forward slash SB 357. 
Um, time is of the essence. Some decisions are going to be made here um, in the next month. And so we need your support. We need you to call assembly members, assembly appropriation committee members, and really make your voice known. Um, and because this will be the if this passes, it will be the beginning of complete decriminalization of prostitution without the proper appropriations for services for victims of human trafficking and the accountability of the buyers and uh, exploiters. Um, so please look at the, this is, see, this is the reading part. You got to read the brief, read the brief, please. Don't just listen to what you're being told. The summary version, look under the covers. There's some serious stuff under the covers, very alarming stuff there. The other thing is um, I want to just uh, let you know that we are um, continuing to have a time of prayer with a church, our church coalition every mo- uh, first Monday of the month, 9.30 a.m. to 10.15 p- uh, a.m. Um, if you would like to be part of our church coalition, you can go to loveneverfailsus.com and uh, forward slash church dash coalition. There you can find details on our pledge form and Basically, what it entails is just uh, we we do a court uh, we do a biannual education. We give you slides, we give you content that you can use to educate your congregations, and we also um, and we also do this monthly prayer with you. So we would love for you to join us in that. Um, also, want to invite you out to um, just um, be a part of our virtual outreach, which is on the third Friday of every month. We go online and reach out to trafficked victims. And so we want to encourage you to be a part of that. We do have some events coming up in the very near future. We're going to be in uh, in, in September. We're going to be in Las Vegas doing an education for, uh, I I'm, I'm, I want to say, upwards of a thousand individuals uh, that are in the banking in, industry. And that's part of the anti-money laundering um, series on human trafficking, the intersectionality of human trafficking and, um, and financial crimes. And so please, um, if you would like to join us, you'd like to learn more about that, we'll be out there. Uh, uh, I believe it's the 26th of September. Is it the 26th of September? Uh, it actually, no, I think it's the week before. Um, but if you would like more information, please reach out to me. Uh, I, I'm sorry, it's the 27th of September. We'll be out there. Um, and so please reach out to me if you'd like to learn more about how you can get involved in your financial professional. Um, my email address is Vanessa at loveneverfailsus.com. I'll be out there with Tish, one of our survivor leaders, who's going to be sharing some insights about how some of these um, practices are actually occurring. Um, and then lastly, just wanted to encourage you to come out and patronize our outdoor community store. We do that every Saturday from 1 to 7 p.m. in Hayward. That is at 22110 Montgomery Street in Hayward. Cross Street is um, is Sunset. And we're out there. It's a survivor-led initiative uh, to provide survivors the opportunity to uh, sell uh, sell their services their, and, and, and products and, um, and, and things that people are donating to our, to our organization and showcase some of those things. It's a great learning experience for them and it provides funding for our houses. As you all know, we have 27 houses that we're trying to raise funds for. So any way you can support that, we greatly appreciate it. Every Saturday, 1 to 7 p.m. And then lastly, just to follow up, you know, keep, keep, 
keep in with us uh, all the things that we're doing at loveneverfailsus.com. Our, our Facebook page is Love Never Fails fan page. Our Twitter is Love Never Fails 5. And our Instagram is Love Never Fails Us. All right. I hope that you have enjoyed this time with Erica and myself and you are having a blessed weekend. Um, and then, of course, if you haven't heard it before, if you need to hear it again, remember that you are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Love Never Fails Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and love and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at loveneverfailsus.com, by liking and sharing our Facebook page, Facebook slash Love Never Fails Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. This program is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in human trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to loveneverfailsus.com and click on the radio show link. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries, as well as supporters from Faith Fellowship, New Hope Christian Fellowship, and the International Church of the Foursquare Gospel. On behalf of Vanessa and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thank you for listening, and thank you even more for committing to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.